welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we are two halves of a broken eggshell sitting in the trash can in Isle Esme. And you're listening to Tuesdays After Twilight. What's up, Paige Aroni? So many things are up with me. Today was a kind of a crazy day in my life. What about you? Well, you can't just say that and then not tell you. Um, nothing. Nothing's going on with me. I'm wine drunk from a happy hour that I just had with my boss. That's what, that's all that's going on with me. I didn't want to monopolize the conversation. I knew it would come back to me, so I wanted to give you a chance before I just story flooded this conversation. I respect that. Thank you. Well, two major things happened to me today. One... I signed up for health insurance because in less than a week, I'm going to be off my parents' health insurance. No Tino shade, I'm not going to have health insurance for like two weeks. So keep me in your thoughts and prayers that nothing crazy happens to me. I doubt that anything will, but I'll be really safe those two weeks. Um, Two, I got a family like that I didn't know about. Too long, didn't read. Okay, but you should give, you didn't even give the original for the TLDR, like. I was letting it steep. I was letting the flavors marinate. Okay. So expanded, my dad is adopted and um, we, he's never wanted to know anything about his birth parents. Not true for me. I want to know everything about my dad's birth family. Um, But, you know, it's his family. It's his right to not want to know. He has his adoption papers, but it's never been something that he's wanted to know he just sort of accepted that you know he was put up for adoption for a reason and you know that's that and today someone contacted me on ancestry.com and it was not her surname was not a surname that was familiar with my mom's side of the family and we had dna that can was consistent with either first or second cousins and she said hey i think that we're related on my mom's side of the family she gave me her mom's name again not a name that's associated with my mom's side of the family she said how are we related does that mean anything to you and i said well my dad is adopted he was adopted in florida um at this year this is his name um that's kind of all i know we don't know anything about his birth family does that kind of line up with your family history and she was like, huh, was he born in my, I, I talked to my mom about it. Was he born in March? And he was, and turns out this lady is my dad's cousin. And we're just like discovering each other. And I just like today discovered my dad's like biological side of his family. So I have yet to hear more details because it seems that this whole thing she didn't know about, it seems that there's. I don't know, some tea. I don't know. I don't, I honestly, I don't know. But we discover each other and, you know, that's kind of a crazy thing. It's so exciting, yeah. Um, I would say stay tuned. I don't know if you're going to want to share further what you find out. Depends on the tea. <laughs> True. I feel like everyone should do Ancestry. I haven't, but my dad did. So I'm like, okay, well, there's not going to be anything that like, I mean, I guess my mom's side, but. Um. And he didn't find anything that was, like, super interesting. But I'm like, you could be related to a serial killer. You don't know. I'm listening to this podcast right now. I cannot remember what it's called. So I'm going to pull it up and out of the corner of my eye while I'm talking. But it's about the serial killer Edward Edwards. Not his real name. That's what he went by. But basically his daughter was the one who figured out that he was a serial killer. And so all I'm saying is this could be you. 
Um, the podcast is called The Clearing. And I'm only on episode two, but it's good so far. I mean, that's super interesting. If you think about the Golden State Killer, he was discovered through ancestral DNA as well. And I mean, I'm pretty sure that everything that I've heard from that is that it was a sketchy DNA website that like sells your DNA to the police or something. I don't know which ones are reputable and which ones are not. I only know like the big names. I I received an Ancestry.com kit for as a birthday gift because I had expressed many times that I wanted to do that. I just think history and genealogy is super interesting. And so it was given to me. If you do 23andMe, you can also test how much Neanderthal DNA you have, which is what I really wanted to do. And I don't have the heart to tell my mom that uh, Ancestry.com doesn't do Neanderthal DNA. So to this day, she thinks that I have those results. I don't. But if you have European or Asian descent, you likely have one to 5% Neanderthal DNA inside of you, just so you know. Interesting anthropology facts. I'm confused because don't we all have Neanderthal? Like, didn't we all come from Neanderthals? No. So Neanderthals are like an offshoot in the hominin branch. So Homo sapien did not originate from Homo neanderthalensis. Homo neanderthalensis and Homo sapien came from the same ancestor, and it sort of did like a fork. However, the DNA of both are similar enough that both species could breed and provide a viable offspring, likely could not reproduce. Well, I guess maybe they could. I don't know. But they were similar enough that they could, there could be mingling within the species, if you will. And there was no migration. So we all migrated out of Africa. And then from there went into all the other continents, basically. But Homo neanderthalensis only went so far as to go from Africa into Europe and Asia and then stop there. So like anyone who has like South American, North American, Central American, Australian, any of those DNA histories likely have absolutely no Neanderthal DNA. But European and Asian, that's where Neanderthals settled and died, likely have at least a little bit. That's very interesting. Thank you. Awesome. Um, do you have anything else before we hit recommendations, Courtney? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, oh, I finished school. I guess that's kind of a big news thing. Tom congratulate, congratulated you on Instagram. I don't know if you saw, but I replied to him right before you called me. I did not see. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Tom. I will look at it as soon as we hang up. So when you hear this, I will have looked at it long ago. And we got a nice email today, Paige. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, we got a nice email from Jen. Thank you for reaching out. Jen just had some questions about the process of mortuary science and, you know, going to school for that sort of a thing. And I'm happy to answer from my time of schooling. I'm not an expert in the field, but if anyone has any questions, you know, I'd love to answer as best as I could. So thanks to Jen, your email was really nice. We really appreciate it. I know I really appreciated it. And I texted Paige like, ooh, look at our email. I cannot contribute, but it was exciting. <laughs> Yeah, Jen, if you have any more questions, just respond to the email I sent you. I know it's kind of long, but I tried to fit as much helpful info in there as possible. And I was having fun on our Instagram this past week messaging one of our listeners. I apologize if I'm butchering your name, but I want to say Mike. Mike, we were talking about all of 
the best Taylor Swift songs, which is one of my favorite topics. So thank you for reaching out. Similarly, I can't really contribute to that conversation, but I'm glad you guys had a good time. We all have our things that we're experts in. Some, like Paige, are useful. <laughs> Who's to say Taylor Swift isn't useful? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, okay, let's hit a recommendations corner. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. My recommendation is curry. I, you know, I'm a simple gal and I like simple things. Not that curry is simple. Now that I've gotten used to making it several times, to me, it's very easy. And you can make so much curry in one sitting. I make curry and it, it's like five lunches. I, I brought, I bought Indian food like a week ago. And I brought it, the leftovers in for lunch the other day at the funeral home. And someone asked me if I made it. That's how often I make curry. And I've just now discovered how to make authentic basmati rice. Add a little turmeric in there. Get a little flavor going. And I don't know. I just, now that I'm really unlocking the spices, the flavors, I'm, that's what I'm recommending. Is find a good curry recipe you like and make so much of it, you can eat it for two weeks. I mean, I feel like you could freeze it, too. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I can't explain it, but there are some foods that I feel like are just as good, if not better, as leftovers. And I think Indian food really falls into that category. I feel like the spices saturate into everything. And, like, it just becomes more flavorful and more rich the longer it absorbs into the rice, into the chicken, whatever you want to put it in. I fully agree. Mine is pretty elemental as well. I was just going to recommend peaches. I feel like peaches are in season right now. Love a fucking juicy peach. Currently eating peach hard candy. So if you hear me monching and crunching, sorry, not sorry. My favorite pre-workout is sour peach candy flavored. Love those fucking peach rings. Love a peach margarita. Where the, the possibilities are endless with peaches. This is a question to the listeners. So... Us in Colorado, it is very, very normal at this time of year that there are stands everywhere, in the grocery store, everywhere, advertising Palisade peaches. These are the creme de crop. They are the best possible peach you could possibly have. They're juicy. They're succulent. They're bright. They're orange. They're yellow. They're literally the best peach you could possibly have. And I just, you know, that's normal for me. August is Palisade peach season. What? Do are palisade peaches elsewhere? I genuinely don't know. Do you has has anyone else had a palisade peach? I want to know. I also want to know. I feel like Georgia peaches are widely distributed. I kind of forgot about Georgia. I, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> sorry to our friends in Georgia. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just you know like palisade is a city here in Colorado, so like the good peaches that's where they're from. It's like Rocky Ford. That's where the cantaloupes are from. That's just a thing, you know. Totally. Anyways, maybe mix peaches and curry together. It might be good. Mm, I don't know. I feel like a chef could do it. I feel like I couldn't do it. Yeah, this is an episode of Cutthroat Kitchen that I would not succeed in. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that when my niece was born, I was literally watching Chopped right outside the room where she was being birthed? <laughs> Chopped is amazing. I mean, I don't blame you. That would be, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't a choice. It was just on the TV and you were watching it. I could have changed it. There's like a remote right by me. I think I did change it to that, actually, honestly. 
It was my sister and brother-in-law in the room, and then me outside watching Chopped. <laughs> anyway, so and when she's old enough, I'm going to be like, guess what I was doing when you popped out? <laughs> the dish that they had to make was chicken alfredo. It was actually a college episode of Chopped, and so they had to, like, their ingredients were, like, frozen pizza, and they had to, like, take some of the toppings off and, like, use them in a certain way. You know what I mean? It was very interesting. You know, now that you say it, Chopped is the one where it's four ingredients, and you have to make something out of those ingredients. Right. Cutthroat Kitchen, they have a item that they have to make, and then chaos ensues. Because <laughs> it's, like, who makes the best chicken alfredo or whatever? Okay, I'm I'm... Putting a part two on my recommendations corner, if you want to see Cooking Channel meets The Joker, you have to watch Cutthroat Kitchen. I 100% recommend Cutthroat Kitchen. Basically, the gist of it is everyone starts with $25,000. There's an appetizer, entree, dessert round. Alton Brown, who is a crazy man, this man is unhinged. I'm already out. That guy reminds me of the villain from Lovely Bones. I can't hang. Yeah, he's a villain on this fucking show. He is, there was a Tumblr post that equated him to the Joker and I can't unsee it. Like he, that is the vibe, but he's the host and he's chaotic and he'll be like, okay, everyone, your appetizer meal is going to be taquitos. Go! And then they have 60 seconds to run into the kitchen or the pantry to grab all the ingredients that they want. There's all kinds of stuff in there. They have 60 seconds to grab everything they want, put in their basket. And then they run back to their station. And they have 30 minutes to make it. And then periodically throughout the 30 minutes, Alton Brown auctions off sabotages where he'll be like, if, if let's just say hypothetically, the appetizer was taquitos, he'll come out and he'll be like, okay, this sabotage is going to be, you can take one of your opponent's tortillas and replace them with Doritos. And then people bid for it to give it to someone else. And it you take the money out of your $25,000. And some of the sabotages are mild. Some of them are absolutely crazy. One of my favorites slash one of the worst ones is that there's three chefs at this point because every round the worst person gets voted out by the judge. So at this point it had to be the entree round because there were three two of them so one person who who won doesn't have to do this the other two had to be chained to a wall with a chain that was only like like not long enough that you could get back to your station like you had to completely reach your arms out to work and it was it's just shit like that or you have to duct tape one of your hands to a spatula and you can't use your dominant hand or you have to you have to get all of your pasta off of this board that we've glued pasta to and it's just all kinds of crazy stuff this show is insane it's very chaotic but it's very funny i would 100% recommend it it sounds unhinged in the best way what is it on um i've watched it on hulu i don't know if it's still on hulu i would guess it probably is cuz i think chopped is on hulu Okay. Lovely. Love it. And then also, just so you know, the winner gets all the money they have left over after all the sabotages. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. All right. We got it. Paige just put her head into her hands. We got to talk about 
Breaking Dawn chapters five and six. Ever since we started this podcast, I was like, I wonder how Paige is going to react to that. And here we are, folks. You're you're hearing it here first. I think I've been going back and forth about this all day as to what I want to say. And I think we all know what I want to say. I feel like what I want to say is unspoken. Gross. <laughs> and I think we all know that. So I'm going to counter with the things that I really enjoyed and put some of the highlights for me in in my uh, reactions. Highlights include a look into someone being nervous about losing their virginity, a look into a girl feeling self-conscious, feeling, you know, a little judgmental of her own body and not knowing how her partner is going to view her. I think that's very realistic for anyone who's unfamiliar with the process. I'm happy that it was portrayed because to just be super confident and like, yeah, I can do this and everything's going to be okay, I feel like isn't universal. And I know I personally have my own things that I'm self-conscious about. And when that was a time in my life, I know I had things that I was nervous about and I'm glad that it was portrayed. So I say snaps to Stephanie. I also say snaps to, I, there is this, this thing that sometimes happens and I've read a lot of articles about it um, coming out of Catholic school where we were taught, you know, abstinence only education where people who went through with that, who saved themselves from marriage ended up having this unwanted side reaction or side effect where when they did start having sex, they had this feeling of guilt and they weren't able to enjoy it because in their mind, they associated sex with do not do this. This is bad. This is only for this time. Do not, don't feel this way. And the suppression that came with those feelings through growing up so that when they finally were in their mind and in their religion able to do that, their brain had only associated it with negative memories and negative feelings. So I am very happy to see a positive expression of like sexual joy and the feeling of like, wow, this is really great. I'm so glad I could express my love and in a physical way like this. I love this. Very happy that they were able to do that both parties eventually. Um, I'm, I loved reading Edward cooking for Bella, even though he couldn't eat. I, I just, I think that cooking for a partner is just such a great way to show intimacy and love. I absolutely love that, especially given that he can't even fucking eat it. He still did it. And he's like, got that from the Food Network, baby. Hell yeah, Edward. Good, good on you. And, uh, you know, there were definitely some good parts there, it was a little awkward to read, but I think we all knew that it was going to be awkward to read from me as a 26-year-old, 25-year-old, I'm not 26 yet. Um, but I'm imagining myself as a teenager reading this. I think it would have been so saucy. I think it would have really tickled me. No pun intended. I think it would have really, I think it would have done a good job. And I feel like 
I feel like Stephanie actually did a pretty good job about it being sensual, but not too graphic. Like, I think that she didn't really like overstep anything. She did enough that it, it, I knew exactly what was going on and she was forward and pointed in some ways, but not in other ways. And I appreciated that. So I will say there were a lot of good things you did in this, Stephanie. There were a lot of things that were hard for me to read, but that's just me. That's just a me thing. And thinking of these two goobers going at it, of course, it's going to be awkward. So I will just leave it at that. All right. I'll be honest, like, I don't even have the gross reaction anymore because I feel like I've cycled through every possible emotion with this because you are correct. When I read this, when I was like 12 or 13, I was, to use your word, titillated. I thought this was so hot. Like, just imagine my teenage hormones and being like, he smashed up the headboard. Like, the way that second chapter ends that we read, sexy. But you're right, she doesn't, like... I feel like she struck a good balance because she knew that literal teenagers and children were reading this. So she wasn't like, he stuck his penis into my vagina, but like it's implied, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it definitely like when the first chapter ended, yeah, you know, I was pretty sure that they were going to have sex. It was, I, it was pretty much going in that direction. I could, with the second chapter being called distractions, I still kind of thought maybe something was going to happen where it was going to start like nothing ended up happening you know now I have to distract myself but then you know it is confirmed pretty early on that yeah they definitely did have sex but it was like like you said you know it was just enough that I could see it happening for sure it definitely painted a picture enough that I could I could extend myself that way pun intended um but if it didn't I also wouldn't be entirely surprised to like she did it just enough that I I was satisfied pun intended but not enough that it was too much like there was no breath talk no kissing my hair no running my cheek along my clavicle like I feel like other parts of this book have been grosser I agree I agree and I feel like I'm always spoiling, spoiling the movies for you but I don't really care they are way less reserved in the movie like there is a sex scene in the movie which is kind of insane I mean you don't see dick and vagina but like you see Robert Pattinson like over Kristen Stewart breaking the headboard so I can picture it (laughs) you're like I have pictured it in my fantasies (laughs) I also want to just kind of like elbow in what I think is the elephant in the room. Is Bella pregnant? Like, how how could it possibly be? Something is a, something is a muck. Something is 100% a muck. Yeah, my question is the same as yours. Like, how is that possible? Who's to say? That there's nothing is impossible in these books, you know? But, like... I feel like the second chapter, Distractions, was very heavy-handed with the, that's weird, that's suspicious, and we already, okay, so Bella's t- tired a lot, She's she sleeps, you know, whatever, but 
there was a lot of tired talk, so much to the point that they pointed it out a couple times, that even Edward was like, you slept for like 14 hours, and then Bella was like, huh, that's weird, and I thought that I was, I wasn't having very good sleep, but I'm not talking in my sleep, that's weird, that's uncharacteristic, and then she's eating cartons upon cartons of eggs, what thing is synonymous with feeling exhaustion and eating a lot? And they just had sex, and like, not that I looked ahead, but when I flipped the the next page after the chapter ended, the next chapter is called Unexpected. I don't know. Is it foreshadowing? Perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of baby talk in this book. I don't know. I'm feeling very awry right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see about that in terms of if that's even possible with the vampire science lore that Stephanie has created. We'll get into it once we get into the chapters, but has there been any... I don't, I don't want to be too graphic in the pod. I really don't. I know what you're going to ask. You're talking about boners? Yeah. Yeah, I think she has clarified that, but I don't remember the response. My only thought is that with your vampire strength, you can move mountains so to speak what if they're just always erect <laughs> i mean bella has said he feels like stone if you know what i'm saying wink 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 uh, there was something i was gonna say oh this is the most relatable bella has ever been to me with all the sleeping and eating <laughs> like finally i see myself in this character Mm-hmm. and I I really, I really, really enjoyed Bella in these two chapters. I feel like, like, I I also agree that I saw a lot of just being a normal girl in these chapters. And yes, 100%. She was just kind of like, she was forward with what she wanted. She spoke her mind. She ate a lot of eggs, which, yeah, me too. And yeah, you know, she was, she was just representing us as you know, a whole. Yeah, I think, I mean, not to get like too deep or email, but I think that's kind of why I don't have the gross, the reaction of like, oh, this is gross. And I didn't even back then. I mean, partly, partly because I was titillated and horny, but also because it's, it was like freeing for me that she got what she wanted. And she wasn't like, I mean, she, Edward doesn't shame her for it. He kind of like tries to stop her from doing it. But I just liked that she was so much like, like, even when the cleaners are at the island and she's like, let's go fuck. And he's like, they're literally still here. Like, I don't know. It was just like, I feel like it's a lot coming from Stephanie, who is Mormon. And it's a lot, like, especially back then, for females to be sexual, for them to actually want sexual pleasure and to get it in the end anyways, like... I feel like men are always portrayed that way in media, but this was like new for me, especially being raised Catholic of like, yeah, she's like horny and it's okay. You know what I mean? I think that because they're married, Stephanie had that feeling of freedom in her. And I mean, hell yeah, brother. Like if that's what you need to express it, then we're married now. Let's fucking express it. You know, like I, I, that was one of the things that I really, really enjoyed was that, you know, it was showing that, you know, 
we can have enjoyment in sex. It, it's okay. Like, and like you said, it's not often, especially 10, no, 15, no, 11, I don't know, math, a, a certain number of years ago in the 2000s to show a woman having a satisfying sexual relationship with a man that she's married to I mean hell yeah brother I love that I like it's very odd for me to be so supportive of chapters that you think I would be like two thumbs down but I really think that these chapters were okay yeah, I honestly like them. And how often have we made jokes that Bella is just like jonesing for Edward's ice cold pee-pee? She finally got it. I'm happy for her. I mean, at least three times, at least. It's been two years almost of this podcast. It'll be two years next month, like the amount of times that we've joked about it. I mean, her getting the pee-pee, not as joking. Oh, gotcha. I was like, it's definitely more than three. <laughs> What you said at least like 27 times. <laughs> okay. Okay, so chapter five, Isle as May picks up. Why are you shaking your head? <laughs> the first word had me like in stitches. I'm like, they're going to Texas? <laughs> Honestly, that is kind of Mormon, I feel like. No, probably not. I feel like they're more evangelical than Mormon. Yeah, Texas is like very rock band church. What if they went to Utah? I would fucking die. <laughs> I, you know, I've heard some good things about Utah. No, it's pretty. I've been there. But, like, it's Mormon capital of the world. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay, so they're on their journey, and they have a layover in Houston, and Bella's like, are we going there? <laughs> and Edward's like, no, it's just a stop. And then they get to Brazil. And he says it's another stop. What did you think at this point? Were you like, oh, they're going to an island? I mean, because the chapter is called that. I I didn't not think that they were going to be staying in Brazil, but I could totally see Edward, like, it, 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 it being a trip to Norway, and he makes, like, some kind of beeline to Brazil just to throw her off the scent, you know, just to keep it a surprise. But it staying in Brazil wasn't huge. Like, oh, okay. Like, oh, wow. I'm so surprised. Like, I, it made sense. Yeah, totally. I did want to ask you, too, have you ever flown first class in your life? I think one time, because I've, I've gone on a number of flights, and I would say 9.8 times out of 10, we fly coach. I mean, obviously. One time, I think we got bumped to first class just, like, randomly. Like, it was just one of those things where it was like, we were the ones selected or something like that. I don't know. And it was insane. I had, like, I had, there were two seats next to each other, I think. And it was me and my sister or me and my mom. And I got to, like, lay my seat down almost, like, completely, like, vertical. I watched a show on my uh, portable DVD player. I think I was in, like, seventh or eighth grade at the time. And I just remember, like, the space was insane. The amount of space. And I've, I and my family are not ones to need space. We're all very short. So it's never been an issue on planes. But knowing the space that's available, tall people, first class is what you got to do. Sadly. Yeah, I've actually, yeah, I've never flown first class. I'm a Southwest girly and they don't stoop to that level. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, we usually do Southwest. I think it was like one time that we did like a United or something. Yeah, I mean, I fly a lot, like not as much now as I did in college, but unfortunately never first class, so. So our Patreon is patreon.com. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. I almost just spit my drink. <laughs> okay, so they get to Rio, they drive through the city, and then Edward takes them to the dock. Well, they get a taxi to the docks, and then they get into a boat, and they just start boating. And Bella holds it in for a while. She She's on the boat for a while before she's like, are you close? This was another unrealistic thing for me. You're telling me that Bella Marie Swan does not get seasick? I don't believe it. That is a great point that I never considered. I guess perhaps maybe she's learned to control the motion sickness riding spider monkey style on Edward, but it was unrealistic to me. She should have at least mentioned that. She should have just been like, I felt a little queasy, but, you know, was it from the nerves of what was awaiting me or was it the boat? You know, like it, it would have it would have made sense. Yeah, totally. So they roll up to the island and I have to say I was dying internally last week and we were like, what a coincidence that it's called Isla's Man. I was like, bitch, these vampires are richer than God. It's their island. Yeah, it made sense like reading it then. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I try to understand what's going on in these books. I try to be, I try to predict, but I never can. This, I didn't realize they were island rich. It's not that you never can. You definitely have been right before. I just, here's the thing. Here's what I think it is. I am so far from this level of affluency that the thought of owning an island is not even in my cerebral cortex. It's just not. I feel like I would be the same if I had never read this. So I'm not blaming you. It was just funny to me. Um, also, I love that Bella, when she realizes that it's an island and they're like not going to a hotel, is like more nervous. I'm like, what did you think your fellow hotel guests were going to do for you? <laughs> no, I would be like, a whole island where no one can hear me poop except oh I guess except Edward I would be very excited about the privacy he's heard her poop a bunch of times too I bet yeah you're probably right there's even a poop mention in this not with the word poop but there is a poop mention is there when Edward says we've been traveling a long time do you need a human minutes and to me that means do you need to piss and shit I love that you interpreted it that way. I did not interpret it that way. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what happens. I mean, he carries her inside, and they're both, like, really nervous, which I think is cute. I mean, they're 18 and 109, parentheses 17. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's crazy. That's what I'm saying, is that I think it's an accurate portrayal of two people who are virgins, who are excited, but nervous you know like it's a foreign concept completely like you in your head you like know what the idea is but the performance of it this knowing that someone is going to see you raw in a state that like no one has seen you in in a sense that no one has seen you in it's just unfamiliar so 
to to me, if they were both fully confident, ready to go, and it was just hot and heavy from the get go, that would be unbelievable for me. I would I wouldn't feel relatable with that at all. I loved the nervousness of it. Yeah, I agree with that too. And on a similar note, like this is skipping ahead a little bit, but I think we're supposed to believe that like this is the first time Bella's ever been naked in front of him. Like we joke about how they like have gone to third base or whatever, but I honestly don't think that that's what Stephanie intends us to believe. Like, I feel like they've just made up. Although I had to suffer through this. So now you do too. A couple episodes ago, I think they were talking about how they were quote unquote practicing for the honeymoon. And we were like joking about what that could mean. And our friend of the pod gem on Twitter tagged us saying, they're Mormon. They were probably soaking. I unfortunately did not know what that meant, so I had to look it up. Don't, no, don't do it, listeners. Don't do it. It was extremely unpleasant for me, and I would not recommend. Jem, I have to disagree. I, I support you in every way except this one. I, the, I do not think that Edward Cullen would approve of this. I just don't. I truly don't. Me neither, but the thought that it's like a distinct Mormon practice is a little bit convincing. No, it's this is a capital N, capital O trademark symbol for me. I cannot, I cannot put these two in that situation. I cannot do it. <laughs> Especially considering what I unfortunately uncovered in my research was that, which is that there's often a third person involved. I'm like. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this as calmly as possible. No. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Back to my original point, like, yeah, it presumably is the first time they're seeing each other naked, which is crazy. It's that is very like I remember the first times like a member of for me it's a member of the opposite sex because that's what I'm sexually attracted to. Like I remember the first time a guy saw me naked and I was like, this is a lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, you don't, I, I mean, at least for me, like you don't really think about all of the things until all of those things are to be seen by someone else. And then it's like, Oh shit. All of the things all at once. Yeah. It's crazy. I do love how much of the opposite of a cock block Alice is, and she just, like, splurged at Victoria's Secret, or she says French, but I like to picture that as Victoria's Secret, and was like, have fucking fun, ladies and gents. I, I'm like, I'm imagining I'm Bella Swan just trifling through my suitcase trying to find any of my clothes, and Alice has packed I think you meant rifling, not trifling. Perhaps. (laughs) Bella's rifling. Alice is trifling. Is that right? I don't know. Maybe. When you trifle, I don't, this is not the time nor place. Um, And seeing that there's like not even a regular pair of underwear, it's like all thongs. I would just be like... What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? If it were me, 
like now I'd be super like stoked about it because that's a lot of nice underwear but also I'd be like what am I supposed to sleep in I can't sleep in these I need like sleeping underwear I just have to sleep naked and like sometimes that's cool I mean I guess it's really hot so that would be nice but sometimes that's not cool even sometimes when it's hot it's not nice because you want to like have something in between like your sweat and the sheets you know like a shirt Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm I have a question, and this can be saved. This could be just for me and you. You don't, this does not have to be on the pond. Um, or you could save it for the blooper reel. I don't know. This, this actual part made me think of this idea in my head that I'm sure also has been asked in the community. What did Bella do when she was on her period? It has been asked, and Stephanie's response was that the blood didn't wasn't appealing to Edward because it was like quote unquote dead. Mm-hmm. So okay. he would. Ne- I I distinctly remember him, her saying like he would never mention it because he's too much of a gentleman. But like it wasn't like it was a huge deal. It was not, or it was. Yes, it wasn't like it was a huge deal. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's, I, I just, it popped in my head. Cause I was like, I wonder if that's, cause in my head, I was thinking that there was going to be something that stopped them from having sex this night and then distractions was going to happen. And that was the first thing that popped into my head was that maybe Bella gets her period. And then I was like, they've never really talked about, not that they haven't really, they've never talked about that. And it's just a, a concept that vampires might be interested in. So interesting. I'm you know, answer my question. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, Bella has her little human moment where she just showers and shaves. Relatable. And shits. <laughs> and according to Paige, shits. And then she's like, wait, what do I wear out there? It's dumb to like wear clothes if we're just going to get naked right away. I love that she was like, you know what? Be brave. And she went out there with her towel. Do you, are, what I was picturing was that she's wrapped in the towel. Not she's carrying it. Yes, but then she, like, takes it off. Yeah, that's what I was picturing. I wasn't sure if, like, if you read it as, like, she's just carrying the towel or if it was, like, like, I'm picturing the shot in the movie that she you see her legs and she's walking up and the towel drops and then she walks into the water, you know? Yeah, the classic. <laughs> Which is so funny to think about because, like, when they're actually filming it, I'm sure the person is wearing, like, a full outfit. <laughs> oh yeah I so I listen to the office ladies podcast and if you're a fan of the office anyone you know that there are many episodes where there's pixelated scenes where it's made to believe that the person is nude um under the pixelations and they've talked about in the office ladies in those episodes like fans have asked was so and so really nude in this scene and they say no they usually wear swimsuits that are uh flesh colored yeah that makes sense that makes sense Okay, I feel like this is the elephant in the room. (sighs) Okay, question. Do you think that they had sex underwater? No, I think that, I, I really hope not. Like, I would not want my first time to be in the ocean. That's, it sounds dangerous. I don't know. 
dangerous and not enjoyable. I want to have a surface that I can lean on or that I'm not getting water in any orifices or just like, I want to feel like I'm not going to drown. You know, I, I feel like there was some foreplay perhaps in the ocean and maybe it moved to the beach or perhaps Edward was holding her lovingly kissing and then he runs into the, the house. I do not think it happened in the ocean. Okay, that is a relief, because I was also hoping that that was not true. I was actually talking to Jacob about this, and I was like, I feel like it's just, like, not sanitary. And then he Googled it, and he was like, you're at higher risk for, like, UTIs, bladder infections, like, all of those things. And I was like, yeah, that would be a terrible place to, like, do it for the first time. It's also a fairly common misconception that when you have sex in water, it's a form of birth control. It is not. It is not. Do not. If you're going to have sex in water wear or at least have some form of protection i don't know how you could wear a condom also in the water it doesn't make sense to me but all i know is that it's a misconception that people think like oh the water just washes everything away it doesn't it doesn't i did not know people believed that that is (laughs) we need better sex education in this country okay Um, so that's pretty much the end of that first section, because, yeah, I'll just read the little moment before the break. His arms wrapped around me, holding me against him, summer and winter. This is actually on the back part, the back jacket part of it is. It felt like every nerve ending in my body was a live wire. Forever, he agreed, and then pulled us gently into deeper water. Imagine you, okay, picture this. How old were you when Breaking Dawn came out? If it came out in two, 2008, I would have been 12. Imagine you are 12-year-old Emily. You are going into Barnes & Noble on the Breaking Dawn release night, okay? Midnight, Barnes & Noble's opens up. You get a copy of Breaking Dawn. You are reading the back cover. Little do you know, you are literally <laughs> reading the moments that Bella and Edward nearly collectively lose their virginity crazy you gotta respect the hustle i mean she was not fucking around stephanie knew what we were waiting for not that i necessarily was waiting for it i knew it was going to happen in a way i was waiting for it but more negative young emily was waiting for it in every sense of the word (laughs) positive so they, Bella wakes up the next morning, and I feel like the TLDR of this is like, some people like rough sex. Like, please recognize that, Edward Cullen. I mean, if we're just going to get into that right now, I will get into it right now. We are. If it is consensual with both parties, there is absolutely nothing wrong with causing bruises. There just isn't. If both parties are consenting and both parties like that kind of a thing, it's totally a form of sexual pleasure. It's an acceptable form of sexual pleasure. Some people like that. And not that I think that Bella is necessarily like, I like that, but Bella is consenting. I'm no, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Emily just gave a look like, are you sure? I I don't know if, like, Bella is necessarily saying, like, yes, give me bruises explicitly. Perhaps, perhaps in a um, subconscious way, yes. 
but she's 100% giving consent to, I am aware of what I am signing up for and I am okay with it. What I'm seeing now, yeah, that's, it's a lot, but I'm okay with it. And Edward, that's okay. Like, like his 1917 brain does not understand the concept of BDSM. It just doesn't. Yeah, and it's not consensual on his part, so I do want to recognize that, like, he doesn't have to be into it. That is that is a, what I was also getting at, is that, like, once he understands that, like, he can practice and we can get better at it, and Bella is, like, 100%, like, I'm not upset about this. Like, sure, physically it might hurt, but emotionally, this is the G-spot, baby. <laughs> The part that makes me think she's actually quite into it and not just okay with it. I can't remember exactly. Oh, I just found it. Page 89, like middle bottom. I tried to remember this to remember pain, but I couldn't. I couldn't recall a moment when his hold had been too tight, his hands too hard against me. I only remembered wanting him to hold me tighter and being pleased when he did. That to me says that you have a pain fetish, which as someone, it was TMI, but as someone who also enjoys that occasionally, I get it. I mean, I don't know how TMI we were getting, but, like, sometimes I like having a reminder later on about what happened. Seeing a bruise in a secret place just for me, I am reminded of the night of pleasure that I had. Yes, good point. Um, I'm jumping ahead with this one, but just to make a point, this girl does not hear a literal piece of wood being ripped apart. She's into it. I, this is a Bella Swan, like, I knew it was in her. I knew it was. She has wanted this for so long. But now seeing it, reading it in the flesh of my eyes, it's crazy. Like, it's not that crazy. But, like, this is a new Bella. This is, she is married. She's got a ring on it, baby. And she is ready to pop that pee. I agree. But never say flesh of my eyes again, please. Sounds like a horror movie. (laughs) It does. Okay, so Edward is very upset. He's upset that he hurt her and isn't really, like, listening to the fact that she, like, was so happy and that it doesn't matter to her. Which, his side is valid, too. I do want to say, like, you can be not into having that effect on your partner. So, it's valid. His side is valid, and also, if you really think about historically, Bella Swan is 100% the person to metaphorically take a beating and not say anything about it. She will be the punching bag. She will keep what is bothering her inside. She wants everyone else to be happy. So I don't think it's unrealistic or unfathomable on Edward's part to believe that Bella is just saying that she's fine to make him happy when she's hurting. I I can totally see that. That's such a good point. I hadn't even considered that, but you're so right. It is very on brand for her. Um, I do want to say page 90. Okay, first of all, page 91, um, Bella is talking about, this is kind of like me making fun of myself. Bella is talking about like, how she's feeling in her body, the bruises, whatever. This is towards the bottom. I was feeling more of the soreness now, but it wasn't that bad. Sort of like the day after lifting weights. I literally stopped reading at that point and wrote, 
Sorry, but what would Bella Swan know about lifting weights? Next sentence. I'd done that with Renee during one of her fitness obsessions, 65 lunges with 10 pounds in each hand. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to counter 65 lunges with 10 pounds in each hand right off the bat. You're just doing that with no, like, practice going into it whatsoever? Okay. Okay. This is something that I used to, I, I mean, to this day, I still do. There is a workout image. It's a fucking JPEG if you Google best booty workout. And it has, like, glute kickbacks, lunges, squats, plie squats, uh uh, bridges, I don't know what they're called, the ones where you, like, go up and down, um, all kinds of stuff for, like, quads and ass and all, all of that stuff, and every once in a while, I'll do that for, like, a week. There's a whole, like, weekly regimen for it, or it might even be a monthly regimen, I don't know, but I will do a kick of that for, like, nine days. It, Bella is right in saying, like, I can't walk for like four days. It hurts. So for her to just pick up and do 65 lunges with 10 pounds, just with absolutely no practice, I'm like, girl, what? Do it. I want to see it. Do it right now. I want to see you do it. Prove it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was like sets of fives over six hours. <laughs> I was picturing 65 back to back. <laughs> no, I think that's what she's saying, but I'm like, there's no fucking way. Ain't no way. Yeah, the, like, knowing Bella Swan, knowing Girlie, who's tripped over her own books 17 times in the book Twilight, I just can't, I can't believe it. Same. Also, as someone who's been doing basically, like, a more dignified version of that JPEG that you just described for, like, nine years straight, <laughs> for no real reason, <laughs> I can relate. There's a good reason for it. Fitness is important. Yeah, but... Yeah. Okay. This is a side story, so I'll make it quick. But today we had like a strategic planning session for my work because we're like getting a new mission and vision and all this. And they always do like an icebreaker activity at the beginning. And today it was that everyone got like a different like little piece of a picture and we had to put them in order. And the whole thing was like, it was zoomed. It was like a whole thing that like zoomed in fully. So it like started with the earth and then zoomed all the way into like a chicken's head. And I figured it out like everyone laid out their pictures on the table you couldn't talk that was the whole thing you couldn't talk so everyone laid out their pictures on the table and I like and kind of arranged them and like ones that looked similar and I like figured it out right away and so I just like started stacking them on top of each other and like put them all together and then we were done and then they were like so how did that activity feel for everyone like did everyone feel like involved and literally our executive fucking director was like no I had no idea what was going on when Emily started putting them all together and I was like I thought everyone was on the same page. <laughs> and then this other guy who's on our board was like, yeah, I think it's just like the difference between like people who are just like vibing and people who are competitive. And I was like, this man came from my throat. I tell all this because life is a competition and I must win. But a lot of people would be like, I don't get that. And I, you know what? I don't either. But it's mental illness, love. It's called tenacity. Look it up. It's called obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Look it up. It's called being a Capricorn. <laughs> it's called being a Capricorn, Gryffindor, and Enneagram 3. Look it up. The holy trinity of 
chaotic getting stuff done ism. I was gonna say the Holy Trinity of never being good enough. <laughs> well, you got me there. <laughs> okay, the next thing I wanted to point out back to this book. The idea, the mere idea of Edward talking to Carlisle, Emmett, and Jasper about sex is so cringe to me. I can't handle it. When you remember that Carlisle is like younger than us and is quote unquote Edward's quote unquote dad, I'm like, this is so cringe. The only part that was the best was, the, like, the only the only one of those three, Emmett. Like, I would 100% talk to Emmett as my brother about having sex. He'd be like, hell yeah, brother, he's the best, you know? Like, he would be the best person to talk about. Yeah, and if anyone knows about sex, it's Emmett, because he is literally having sex with the most beautiful creature on the planet, so. Absolutely. My guy is in his bag. I don't know, I don't know if I trust, I don't know if I trust Jasper, because if my partner is Alice, I am constantly hearing, all you gotta do is take it one, one lick to the right, and we're good. That's all you gotta do. Alice is predicting the future as to how this is gonna be good for her. Jasper doesn't need to know anything. Alice is telling him everything that he has to do. Emmett, on the other hand, Emmett knows all the secrets for female pleasure. Yes. Agreed. Also love the idea of Alice girl bossing in bed. It makes me happy. <laughs> um, that's pretty much the end of this chapter. We're literally an hour and three minutes in. We're not through the first chapter yet. Basically, Edward is like makes this whole ultimatum where he's like, I'm not ever having sex with you until you are a vampire. I will not hurt you again. Did you have anything from chapter five that I skipped? I legitimately thought that the chapter ended when they were about to lose their virginity. I like when we continued, I was like, oh yeah, we're in a chapter two. It flows pretty well into like the next chapter, I would say. Um, very aptly named distractions because Edward is doing everything he can to stave off his extremely horny wife. She is just always trying to get it, and I respect it. She is wearing lingerie to bed, but she's too tired. That is the most relatable thing I have ever read in a book ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it 100% is. So Edward has her hiking, swimming with dolphins, exploring caves, like, every minute of every day so that she falls asleep and can't, like, seduce him. <laughs> and the laundry is not working. Then they have this whole thing where Bella's like, I want to go to college, basically because she just wants to stay human for longer, which you got to respect the hustle. My whole thing with this was that it kind of hit me when I was reading this part that I was like, yeah, imagine just knowing that you'll never have to do anything ever again in your life. They don't have to get jobs. They don't have to do anything. They're done forever if they want to be. I mean, they're going to do something because that'd be boring as fuck. But like most kids when they graduate high school, they're like, oh, I'm going to college or I'm going to trade school or I'm starting this new job. Nope. <laughs> I know it's off topic, but it, it, like, really hit me in this moment. And I was like, must be nice. Yeah, as someone who's been doing shit even before I graduated from from high school, I can't relate. Same, girly. I was working at the zoo, like... <laughs> um, 
<sighs> what do you think of this whole thing where Bella wants to go to college? I couldn't tell. I mean, I feel like it's a little bit of both, but I couldn't tell which was more that she was using the human thing to coerce Edward into having sex with her, or she genuinely was like, that pleasure was so insane. I want to get it again. And I don't think it's going to be the same when I'm a vampire. And I like, if I have to go to college in order to get it, then I will. I couldn't tell which it was more so of, because like, she really was like very kind of descriptive about like how awesome it was. She's like, hell yeah, I want it more. But then also, like, I feel like she was doing a lot of little twists and turns to get what she wanted. So I couldn't tell if it was genuine, if she really did want to go to college, what, like, what the motivations were. If you ask me, I honestly think that she thinks that she won't have this feeling again, like, for a long time after she gets changed. So she's like, when she says to the reader... 19, 20, it doesn't make that much of a difference. That's like huge to me because this whole time she has been so against aging. So I'm like, I feel like she's actually pretty sincere about it. Yeah. And I think even if I'm correct, I think even after this moment, she brings it up again that like, you know, I do want to be human a little bit longer. And then Edward says something to the effect of like, oh, well, we can, you know, see Charlie when we get back and we can visit Renee for Christmas. So I think, I do think that she maybe has a little bit of reservations about rushing into things and wants to enjoy a little bit more of her humanity while she still has it. Yeah, that to me is like the real giveaway when after she gets what she wants and Edward basically agrees to have sex with her again, that she's like still bringing it up. But it's not just a bargaining chip, which let's say it wasn't like part, that wasn't part of it, but I don't think it was the majority. I agree. I will add that I 100% would put my life savings on Bella knew what she was doing. She talks about how she's having nightmares, mostly about the Volturi, and she mentions the immortal children again. She's like been having that same dream, but it's a human child, doesn't she say? Yeah, a human child in the new dreams but similar to the one that she had the night before her wedding. Then the tide turns when she wakes up basically crying and Edward's like, oh, another nightmare. It's okay. And she's like, no, it was a good dream. We were fucking and I woke up. And he is won over by how upset she is. And then they fuck, which you had to know that was going to work on Edward Cullen. You had to know. You had to know. I just, I don't know if I've ever had a sex dream so good that I, I mean, I guess the situation is different where I knew the insane pleasures that could be awaiting me, but my partner has said, no, I'm going to break your femurs and it, it it's not accessible to me anymore. Um, but I just like, I don't know if I've ever had a sex dream so pleasurable that I woke up crying and so disappointed that it wasn't real. I have had dreams where I've been disappointed when I've woken up that it wasn't real. But they've been vastly different. I have about, like, Zac Efron when I was younger. Same, but mine was Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Two types of people. <laughs> uh, 
So when Bella wakes up in the morning, she's like afraid that Edward's going to be mad at her. Um, but he's not. He basically says like, it turns out I knew better to like what to expect this time. So I was able to like control it more, channel it more into the poor wooden bed frame. But I'm like, well, whatever, fuck it. Um, and I love that Bella was like, see, I was right. Honestly, I'm very glad that this happened because now we can just we can just be a married couple and have sex when we want to and we can all enjoy it. Clearly, Ed, I I did I did appreciate that Edward, you know, is like I did enjoy it. Like this whole time he's been feeling a little pent up that or not that he's been feeling up feeling pent up. Bella had sort of made a point to say did you not enjoy it? And he's like, that's why you think I'm upset because I didn't enjoy it. This was the best pleasure I've ever had. I'm glad, I'm glad that now they can finally both enjoy what they're allowed to enjoy and we can just move on and just have some free fucking. Same, because knowing these two, like this could have been dragged on forever and I just would have not wanted to read it. Not forever. I would say five ever. (laughs) True. Um, so Bella brings up the going to college thing again, and we already kind of talked about that, but I shouldn't be surprised that they already bought a house near the college that they were fictionally going to, but I am surprised and disgusted. Also, just reading Edward, Edward Cullen, who has enough money to never, not that he even has to worry about money, but just like more money than I could even blink an eye at. For him to say, real estate's a good investment. Shut the fuck up. You don't need a good investment. You need to go to therapy. That's what you need. You don't need a good investment. Why don't you put a sock in it, sir? I don't want to hear it. Invest in yourself because you have a sister who literally can predict the stock market. Invest in any fucking worthy cause behind your pale white ass. I was just going to say, invest in a charity. Have you ever considered? No. No. (laughs) Why don't you invest in some kind of organization that has to replenish the natural population of uh, of wild animals in the forest that you are depleting with your diet? I'm sure the white-tailed deer is hurting right now. I mean, the cows are hurting right now because of me, so I guess I shouldn't really comment on that last one. The hot dog industry, the hot, the wild hot dogs really are taking a beating right now from me. <laughs> so then the cleaning crew shows up. It's two Brazilian individuals, and one of them, so there's one male, one female, and I want to say her name is... Would you pronounce it Quare? I'm not really sure. I was thinking Quare, but I could be wrong. Okay, let's just say Quare. Um, she is indigenous and she is afraid of Edward and like basically knows what he is. What did you think of that whole thing? I, you know, I feel like it really says a lot that all of these, like I can 100% see everyone in this book series considering these people who are cleaning their house as like lesser than or 
I don't know. I just, I feel like there's just, I don't, I don't think that they're considering these people to be equals. I think it really says a lot that there's a whole fucking high school of people who are totally fine with the Cullens being there. And then there's one fucking smart ass lady in Brazil who's like, girly, get out. You are not safe right now. Get out. This ma-. Like, it's astute. It is astute, Quarry. Yeah. I feel like that's not what Stephanie was going for, but it is what she ended up with. And we have no choice but to stand, Quarry. Yeah. Best, best character in the book series so far. Retweet. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Bella tries to get it on while they're literally still there, which that would have frightened poor Quare. She probably would have, like, screamed. Um, if, it, if it had been anyone, anyone, and I was doing some kind of job in their house, and they were just deciding to have sex while I was in there, it would frighten me. Regardless of the two, regardless of the job that I was doing, regardless of the setting, I'd be like, can we wait, like, maybe 15 minutes? I'm almost done. Yeah, same. I would be afraid, and I would be angry, and I would never return. (laughs) This is going to be an additional $250, sir. Yeah, have some respect. (laughs) So they leave again, and I feel like I just have to read the saucy last page of this chapter. Do you want to swim with the dolphins this afternoon? Burn off the calories, he asked. Maybe later. I had another idea for burning calories. And what was that? Well, there's an awful lot of headboard left, but I didn't finish. He'd already swept me up into his arms, and his lips silenced mine as he carried me with inhuman speed to the blue room. Paige's eyes are rolling into the back of her head. (laughs) Bella says, I didn't finish. And Edward says, well, let me assist you with that. Yeah. That is one thing that I will, uh, what's the word? I don't want to, but I will. Is there a word for that? Begrudgingly. I will begrudgingly stand by. I think that Edward Cullen would 100% make sure that Bella has been pleasured. I think that he would. I do too. Especially that first time, because I feel like he probably was too, like, focused on her to even care about himself. I agree. I agree. I don't know if it was like anyone else, if he would be the same way, but for Bella Swan, he would. Yep. Yep. Did I miss anything you want to talk about? I just think that we didn't really talk about the her being really tired and the eggs thing. Do you want to add anything to that? I don't know. I just feel like it adds to the like atmosphere of like the fact that she wants to have sex with him so bad but he's like doing everything in his power to make it so that she doesn't want to I mean like how active is Bella Swan in like her day-to-day she's not hiking very often you know what I mean like I guess I guess that's true my only thing is that I feel like it it got brought up so many times and I'm thinking back to one particular event in Twilight, maybe? Eclipse? I think it was Twilight, where Bella had been gone, like, all day, and then she, like, I think it was maybe even, like, the day of the meadow or something like that. She had been doing something, like, a lot all day, and she got back home, and her dad 
Charlie was like, you haven't eaten all day. Like, aren't you hungry? And then she realized how famous she was. And so she heated up some lasagna, but she didn't eat the whole lasagna. You know, like she had like a piece and she realized how hungry she was. And that was that. Like for me, the the fact that for Edward to point out, you've gone through like four cartons of eggs this week and for them to continually bring up how tired she is. I mean, I guess it fits with what is going on but it really made me suspicious. I can understand that. Yeah. I would counter that with that was the meadow day. And I feel like that day was so like life changing for her that like, you know, when you have, when like you have your first date or whatever, you're so nervous and you just don't eat all day. Like that's kind of the vibe that I got from that, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's just so uncharacteristic for Bella Swan to just like, for them to point out she's eaten so much. Like, I feel like in general, she's not been a big eater in the book series or has put off eating or is just been nondescript about it. Like the fact that it got brought up and pointed out and they like they made a point to say you've eaten so much. And then Bella was like, hmm, that's weird. Like she said that, like, oh, that's, that's a little abnormal. Like to me, it seemed a little too on the nose. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, you already mentioned the title of the next chapter, so I'm just going to be reading that live next episode. So do you have any additional thoughts on what's coming? Well, something, something crazy. I think we know what I'm predicting. I think we know. I think there's going to be two lines on that pregnancy test, baby. (laughs) She just brought one randomly. They went and bought one in Rio de Janeiro interesting okay yeah anything else you want to say before next week are we only doing the one yes because it's 20 pages so it'll take me a while to read okay yeah no I mean maybe because if if she is pregnant let's just say hypothetically that is what's going on it is very unexpected I you wouldn't think that there's live sperm swimming around in there like Edward's a, a dead human walking basically so it would be unexpected so perhaps if that is what happens maybe there will be an explanation as to why or maybe like a conversation as to how or maybe talking to charlie i don't know i think i think for the most part the fact that you're reading it out loud says a lot to me because you only ever read out loud the major chapters um so I think it's gonna be something big, and I think we know what it's gonna be, and I I think it's gonna be that. So we'll see. Okay. To go on your theory, I heard Tina just now. To go on your theory, if that is the case, how do you think the main two are gonna react? Like, what do you think they're gonna, Bella and Edward are gonna like be feeling if that is the case? I think that Edward is gonna be really happy. I can totally see that. Although confused, I think that he'll be happy to share that bond with Bella. Bella is honestly a question mark, kind of. She's not really ever expressed. I think there was one time recently that, no, 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 no. The only time that she's ever really brought up kids has been in this book, when she was having talk of the immortal children and the dreams. So I kind of don't really know. I mean, given her relationship with Renee and with Charlie, it's hard to gauge how she feels about having children of her own. I think maybe 
in the bottom of her heart, it's always been something that she's been interested in, but maybe intimidated by. So maybe she'll be like shocked and a little upset, but the more she thinks about it, she'll warm up to it. Okay. All right. You'll have to tune in next week, folks, to hear what happens and what Paige thinks about it live. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming along this journey with us. We hope you're having a good August and you know where to reach us, but I'm going to go over it real quick. Anyways, you can send us memes, feedback, messages of any kind on any of our social medias. So we're on Twitter at Taft Pod, T-A-F-T Pod. We're on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. We love to get emails, as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode. So our email is TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, um, you know, get me on first class. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, our Patreon is patreon.com slash Tuesdays After Twilight. Honestly, that most typically covers our podcast hosting fees, if you really want to know. Occasionally, Paige and I will get about $7 each from the extra. So it's a little it's a little coffee now and then, you know. Um, and then if you want to support a much more worthy cause, please check out the Quilliot's efforts to move their cultural lands to higher ground. You can find out all the information on that at mthg.org. Paige, you've had time to prepare your final words. What are they? These words are something that I think is just really important to consider at this time of the year. I know that it might go unnoticed. It might go missed. But I really think that we should take this to heart and honestly, like, be serious about it. Like, I'm not trying to bring the mood down or anything, but... It's Leo season and your Leo friends require you to wish them a happy birthday. And if you don't, you're on the Dunzo list. So if you know anyone who is a Leo and has a birthday, like generally in the next week, make sure you wish them a happy birthday because they want to hear that and they want the attention. Thank you. It's so funny that you said that because I, regardless of what you were going to say, I was like, okay, at the end, at the very end, I'm going to say, everyone wish Paige a happy birthday. When y'all are hearing this, it's a Tuesday. Paige's birthday will have been on Sunday, so two days ago. So show up and show out and show some titty for Paige's birthday. How silly of you to think that I wouldn't have brought it up myself. I was, when I was growing up, you know how Facebook used to be like the big social media getting those birthday notifications, I felt like my my body was receiving energy into it. I was like, yeah, give me more notifications. Give me more. Wish me more happy birthdays. I loved it. I loved it. I loved people acknowledging me. So, you know, if anyone wants to wish me happy birthday, I will happily accept it. <laughs> All right. Happy early birthday, Paige. And we'll see y'all next week for chapter seven of Breaking Dawn Red Live. Bye. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram.